And now, two old school guys talking about music and stories about their radio days. It's T-Man and John, the music freaks. What are you thinking? I'm just guessing it's from the 80s. (laughs) Good guess. (laughs) Wow. They were huge for two songs. And then basically they just went away. That would be your information society. They were, yeah, it was a short amount of info. Yeah, it was was more of a memo society. (laughs) A post-it note society. (laughs) Yeah. How is it going? It's going into 42 here. Episode 42. Yeah. Wow. It's it's gone by like that, and I mean that, babe. Man, it has been crazy. Because we're having a lot of fun with this T-Man and John the Music Freaks kind of thing. And this is uh, the most unique show we will do. It is because there's not going to be a whole lot of music, except for maybe... Uh, maybe in Rapid Fire rapid you might fire, get maybe, some. Yeah. You might get some. Maybe. That's the only clue I gave you. There might be music. Okay. Well, now I'm going to tell you... The emails that we have received for this episode, Ask a Freak, um, I have not read them. Which means I haven't either because I don't have access to our email. So the only well, ones I got, I got from uh, some friends who like, said it in my ear. And I went, oh, okay, thanks. Oh. And then we're talk- I'm talking to Tony. He goes, hey, I haven't, I haven't read these. And I'm not going to. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have read the ones that my friends sent me because That's they okay. told me. That's all right. Yeah, and then Paul uh, Borscher, our, uh, yep. our, our friend in the, on the Treasure Coast, he sent us one, which I read, but you didn't. No, I didn't read that one. We both have seen that one, but you've seen it and yeah. actually read it, and I have not. So I thought about. I did think a little bit about. I didn't go crazy thinking about my answers, but uh, then when you said it, I'm not. I quit thinking about it. Well, because you know the thing with all of the lists that we do and that kind of stuff, the more you think about it, the more confused you become. <laughs> exactly. Any and, of those things, man. I, I try to jot them down real fast. Yeah. And then I'll remember, like, the, if there's a like a you know perfect song that i forgot I go, oh i gotta put that in right but aside from that man i'm pretty much i get him written down and done yeah i wanted to ask you a couple of questions too before we get into our freak mails okay tman and john at gmail.com thank you for those by the way yes indeed um do you have after 40 years in this business any regrets that that, that maybe you should have done in radio and you didn't do and you're kicking yourself now for maybe not pursuing it no because i wouldn't be here so i don't i, I don't regret no, I don't think there is. How about you? I don't either, yeah. actually, because I like the path that I took. Um, I started doing beautiful music. <laughs> Boy, what? And I'm sitting there for six or seven months doing that, going, working the midnight to six shift. Yeah, nothing keeps you pepped up more than working beautiful music overnight. When I would hit 4 a.m., boy, it was tough for the last two hours. I bet. It was hard. But I knew that I had to pay my dues. Mm hmm. Doing the overnights on a funeral music or easy listening stuff station. Then I got into country for a little bit. I realized I didn't want to do that, but it was more upbeat, more of where I wanted to be going mm-hmm. into right. adult so contemporary and step, top forty. So step every step, step yeah. yeah. And and now um, things have changed in the biz, but uh, I, I uh, enjoy the oldies because I know them mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's pretty neat in between the songs, too. You can talk a lot about stories right. or situations you were in that you can talk about, maybe meeting the folks or you mm-hmm. know, just getting backstage and seeing things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to see or know or any of that. Correct. Any regret I would have would, would not have let me here. So if I had gone, I had an opportunity to go to Chicago 
to, on the outskirts of Chicago. Yeah. And I didn't go. Yeah. I had an opportunity to, because that's, you know, they say, oh, the next step is Chicago if you're there, wherever it was. I can't yeah. remember. Okay. Like Carbondale or something. And, and then the next one was Portland. Opportunity to go to Portland, Oregon. Right. But my, both of my kids had just been, my son had just been born okay. and had the opportunity to go out to Portland and leave uh, both <laughs> my parents and Jill's parents. Yeah. Uh, no. No. I didn't want to be a pariah just for my radio chasing. Exactly. And then uh, an opportunity to go to Cleveland and then again Chicago and then San Francisco. And I said no to all of those. And it would have left me, I would have not been here in the most stable of radio jobs in the history of radio jobs that I've had. Well, this so, is home. That's man. why, and it's home. You know, and I love I love being home, and I love being able to do what I love to do, uh, and I'm just have still have a passion for, and to do it in your hometown, right, dude. I, right. I, I'm the, the most blessed guy, and so I and I say, really, who knows? All those gigs could have ended, yeah, and then that have gone. Eh, that's enough of radio. Yep. But, yeah, and but I didn't, and I stayed here, and I spent my did, I paid my dues here at QIK, and then uh, and reaped the benefits of that. Well, so, you know, no regrets. You never have. Any idea what's going to happen when you go to a different market? I mean, a lot of guys I know, I mean, probably 90% of the people I know, maybe even a higher percentage than that, possibly, right? have moved around, moved around, moved around. What are you looking for? There's no utopia. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for that, you're screwed. Right. And you're looking for, you know? sometimes they're looking for a good fit. And that's the toughest thing. Man, are you just, are you really going to spin, you're going to spin the wheel to see if that's a good fit and you're picking up everything and going to Texas? Yeah. And some people have that wonderlust about them. And I get that. Yeah. I get people like, hey, man, I just want to see the country. Right. You know, up and down the dial, like right. in WKRP. Exactly. And, and people have that. And I knew people who did it and liked it. And new guys who knew they weren't going to be here for more than a cup of coffee. Right. And then headed on out to a bigger market. Well, you know what's funny about the path that I took here in Jacksonville? After Y103, and I got canned for flipping off the program director. Well, it'll do it. Well, he screwed me on a remote that he knew darn good and well the client asked for me. You know how that goes. Oh, don't even start me okay? on that story. If the client asks you to be there, he wants you to be there. The only reason he's doing the buy on your radio station is to have you there. Right. And then I didn't get it. That was my breaking point. But that was perfect because after I left that job, after three and a half years thereabouts, it took two months to get to my dream job at WAPE. And there you go. And once I got in there, it was funny because for the longest time I tried getting in there, and I don't know if I explained this story before, Mark Schwartz, God rest his soul, he was the general manager at the Big Ape. Mark Schwartz. Mark Mark Schwartz. Schwartz. Mark Schwartz. Mark Schwartz. Buddy. Another one of those buddy guys. Yeah, because he he didn't know your name. I worked worked for quite a few of those guys. Mm -hmm. Buddy. Buddy. Um, I found out afterwards, Jeff McCartney, I will always thank and appreciate Jeff McCartney. I will hold him high forever because he's the man that got me into the Big Ape. Right. When no one else would. I found out after the fact, my parents were with me one day. We had gone to lunch, came back from lunch. I was showing them the hallways and the folks that I'd worked with and blah, blah, blah. Well, as my parents are standing down by the copier by the promotions office, Mark Schwartz walks by. Hey, Tang. Hey, bud. And I introduce them all. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Buddy. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Buddy. He looks at them and he says, you know what? I've got to fess up about something. He says, I was the one that was reluctant to hire your son. 
And they were kind of stunned by that. And so was I. I mean, but I knew that he was reluctant. It was his, uh, re- it, it, it was him that was the, uh, the reason I didn't get there sooner. Mm-hmm. But Jeff McCartney kept plugging away and plugging away because he knew of my passion of music, just like Jeff's passion of music is just unbelievable. Mark told him he thought that I had the Y103 stink on me. <laughs> That's what he called it, the Y103 stink. Well, way too much inside radio, and, Mark. Exactly, and that I could not develop or fit the mold of the Big Ape. And I was there 15 years. And then I left on my own accord at that time. Um, but yeah, the Y one Oh three stink. That's what I had on me. Yeah. So, but, but he admitted it in front of my parents. He says, I, I, I made a mistake. He's the reason I left radio full time. Is he? At 90, when I was at 95, when we were both at 95 and you left a month before me. I did. And then I was there and he hired me. I'm the one guy they asked to stay. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was a real jerk. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I think I'm uh, better off just getting out of radio. Mark Mark had and then, like, business uh, associates. Yeah, yeah, two months later, two months later, it's like, hey, I think I made a big mistake with yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, well, yeah. Yeah, you did. Life goes on, man. <laughs> yeah, Life you goes did. on. No grudges. <laughs> no grudges whatsoever. Well, that's cool. It is. That's cool. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? This is already happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo. It's time to check the freak mail. All right, we got questions. We got questions. And we hopefully, got lots and lots of questions. And hopefully, we have answers. Questions. <laughs> answers. <laughs> All right, where did that come from? No idea. No idea. Paul Borscher, our friend down uh, in the in the Treasure Coast. The bowling now. Oh, here's now he's the host of bowling boulders in the trunk. <laughs> is what he says. I know on Monday's show he actually counted down top tens of the year, and so I thought that one he couldn't he couldn't throw them off. Because they were all number one hits. Okay, and but 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 he didn't throw any boulders this week. But next no? week is like a road trip. That's where your oh, boulders road come tri- from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's detours it, all Paul over goes, the road. We'll be in Texas, and I said, "Oh, I can't wait to hear the <laughs> stuff that's going to be in Texas." Oh man. Anyway, you can listen to Paul on the internet. It's a wonderful invention. Uh, if but, you if you want some eclectic radio, <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. That's a way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so Paul, ask uh, ask us. Yeah. Who was the best musician? What's the best musician interview you ever did? The best musician interview. You think of yours. I remember okay. mine. Right. I have a couple. One is the long form interview I did. It wasn't for radio. I did it for the Jacksonville, like the Historical Society. I did it for our uh, at Jacksonville jukebox thing. Right. Uh, Pat Boone. And we talked about this before on a previous podcast we about have. talking to Pat Boone. Yeah. And that was about 45 minutes. And I was, listen, I was never a Pat Boone fan. Right. You know, but listening to him, listening to history talk and Pat Boone telling stories, it was just, a, a, I was just, I remember being done going, okay, I'm so happy I did that. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the radio interview and a guy who was just perfect for an interview, a uh, Blake Shelton. And that was, I've talked to him three or four times on the radio in person as well. He is. He was great before he was a superstar, and he's just as great as as, as a superstar. Well, he's very upbeat he, and outgoing. He's a I great. Mean, he's a great storyteller, yeah. and you just kind of sit there and try to get out of his way because he's wonderful. So yeah. those are the two best musician interviews. Okay. How about you? I could probably name a few because I don't know of one that really like just completely stood out, and I'm like, oh man, you're it. Uh, Rob Thomas was a great interview mm-hmm. with Matchbox 20, although he was just doing his solo thing then, I think. Right. He was very uh, charismatic, very funny, mm-hmm. very 
Um, you know, I got to the point with these guys. I didn't want to ask the same old questions because they're like, oh, God, it's another interview. Yeah, And that's they're going to ask me about this song. And what did you think? Where was your head at when you wrote this one? We and, always, our whole goal, every time we did an interview, except the little Pat Boone thing because that right, was history. Right. But every time we ever did, if we if we make them talk about why they they called us, yeah. then we didn't do our job. Exactly. And so we always tried to get them off. And then all of a sudden, you kind of tap into their yep. emotional spot or their fun passion. And then right. they... they, they light up like a Christmas, oh, a Christmas tree. tree that was Darius Rucker oh really when he was with Hootie yeah. and the Blowfish right we were backstage down in Tampa and that was the first time I saw him second time was at Met Park and we just got into a conversation about football right oh that's it that's because all you he do. was a huge Miami Dolphins fan you yeah. know he, he he was a huge damn Marino fan mm-hmm. so we clicked on that because at the time I was a big Miami Dolphin fan and then is it Mark that plays guitar in Hootie? Yep. Uh, he was a big Washington Redskins fan, so he chimed in. Right. And all of a sudden, it was like, "Oh, the hell with the music! We're talking football." <laughs> and it was it was a great time, great time. Um, but we never got on the radio with that. Right. Edwin McCain, his friend, was a great radio interview. Oh, and even man. stopped by the studios, did stuff live. He was so. Uh, he just he he's like whatever you want me to do, man. Yeah, whatever you want me to do. That's nice. The accessible. Those are those, those are wonderful. the interviews you will always remember. They and are. then there are meet and greets that you want to forget. Sure. Or that kind of thing. Chuck Negron was a great radio interview. He from was. Three I, heard Night. I heard you. I heard you. He played me that. And Tony Orlando was too. God I mean, bless you, Jay. He Tony Orlando would talk for a half hour if you let him. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, these you guys know? are so gregarious. I think uh, some of them are very glad that you care about them any still yep and they'll just be glad to talk to you because they're just the uh, they're, they're kind people who love what they do and Absolutely. love what they did yes and, and have no problem telling great stories and it shows that it when, is. when you get them to talking and they just they're on a roll mm-hmm. oh yeah to break off of that as outside of musician i uh, this is the one i did think about because i thought well you know i've had so many other interviews not musician interviews athlete terry bradshaw because we got him off oh. talking about the book he wrote or whatever yeah we started talking about other things and it really got to be like that's the most that's the deepest i've ever heard terry bradshaw talk yeah he was talking about add and adhd and really having it yeah not as a joke but actually right. how it's affected his life right and i just m- remember sitting there thinking oh my gosh we're going in a totally different direction uh-huh. but i love it yeah um but politician, I had uh, Jeb Bush when he was governor. Yeah, was was great. Was he? I mean, great, great, yeah. funny, great. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, talked a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, when the Van Zants did that song, maybe right. that was last year. Yeah. And they did that song, and he called to thank us for playing it. Oh, cool. And uh, and, and once again, we got him off the game. Yeah. No politics. Yeah. And it was just talk. He's talking. <laughs> if he ever wins the presidency, or just even having the governor, uh, him talking about, oh man, I grew up. You kidding? Metallica, yeah. uh, Nirvana, you know. So oh yeah, it was just grunge. Yeah. It was just funny to hear uh, your governor talking that. about how much he digs Metallica. Yeah. And uh, Alice and- Cooper was another interesting interview. Oh, I, I bet. did. He uh, liked talking a lot. I mean, he. You know, there are times Alice Cooper, especially now with his religious beliefs, he'll get deep with interviews. Yeah. Very deep. He'll continue to talk about stuff. He's he's not one of those guys that's like a yes no answer. He really gets into his answers. Well, that's the ones I love. They get yes. they get radio. Yes, they it's get not radio. just a short answer and next question or I want to get out of here. Next, right. where, where am I going next? Yeah, you can that tell. Kind of thing. You can tell those that are in that way of like just oh, get yeah. me out of here, big time. Any particularly bad interviews you remember? Any ones you went? <sighs> uh, now we'll say most of the time we tape ours. So some of the worst interviews we've ever done, I've never 
aired, have never seen the light of day. Really? They were just bad. There was one. There was one. <laughs> are you going to say who it was? Oh, yeah. It was, I don't know. I don't remember his name. This yeah. was. A, well, you don't remember. How are you going to say who it was if you don't remember his name? Because I know who, what he did. That's the main thing. It doesn't okay. matter who he is. Okay. It's what he did. All right. There was, this is in like November of 2001. Okay. We're talking like six weeks after September 11th. Okay. And we get uh, a guy, a publicist going, hey, would you like to? Would you like to talk to the guy who interviewed Osama bin Laden? One of the last guys to have interviewed Osama bin Laden yeah. before the attack. All right. We're like, are you kidding? That'd be great. Absolutely. Bring him on. Bring him on. So we get the guy. We're so excited for this. And this guy comes <laughs> on. And we go, well, well tell us about, tell us about uh, Osama bin Laden. I mean, how was he to, to look? I mean, in, in person, we wanted to know everything. And the man starts off with this. Well, what's more interesting oh, boy. is the train ride from Marrakesh to Kabul. I'm like, what? what? And he's telling the whole story oh, about God. being on, trying to catch a train in, in Marrakesh. Was that one of the moments that you really felt like, I have to play some commercials here? <laughs> Thank God we taped it. Oh, good. We were taping it for, oh. you know, we usually taped our things at nine and ran them the next morning. Yeah. And so we're taping it and listening. Wow. And we're all looking at each other like, wow. this is horrible. Yeah. This was so bad. And it became the standard of bad interviews for us. After that guy, because we only had like five minutes. He's on a he's on a, a, a schedule. They have right. five minutes, and they end up doing twenty stations of at course. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we only had five minutes, and he ends up and he ends up talking telling, about a train talking ride. about the train ride from Marrakesh. Oh my and then God. we kind of yeah, but how was what's Osama bin Laden like? Never went there. Huh? He goes, well, yeah, he was an okay, you know, he was an okay guy to interview. And that was no. It. What was the? Oh. Then you hear the beep beep, which means your time's your up. Your time's up. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and then. <laughs> We, we get done, and we always, anytime we ever did an interview afterwards, we'd look and go, I mean, that wasn't a good interview, but it, it wasn't Osama it wasn't Bin Laden bad. Ride. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a train ride to Marrakesh That's bad. more like a train wreck. Oh, yeah. That oh, was wow. Absolute worst. Well, I, the one meet and greet that I did not like uh, was, uh, I love the band, but Alex Van Halen was kind of a dick. Was he? He didn't want to be, even be in the group photo. We had a we had contest winners with us. This was 1986. Sure, we had, we'd come up from I 100 in Daytona, and we had Cop our rock and flame throw at right, I 100. That was uh, Van Hagar. Sammy was as nice as he could be. Eddie was as nice as he could be. Michael was he got it. He yep. was there. If he didn't want to be there, you couldn't tell it. Right. And then Alex was just like in the corner somewhere waiting to go. I don't know. Yeah. Practice. Got I don't know what he was going to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what he was going to do. Practice. Yeah, yeah. Or have another M and M or <laughs> yeah. God knows what. Yes. But they. I mean, Eddie finally had to go. Dude, get over here. Right. And he had to pull him into the photo, and he was on the very edge of it. Right. And I'm like, that's a bummer. Really, dude. That's a bummer. Really. But yeah, that that's the one that really stands out to me as far as meet and greets. Very go. cool. Uh, Paul, thank you for the question. Yes, thank you, sir. All right, open open one of yours for the first time ever. Okay, let's let's open this up and see what. Do we need opening music? No, I think. Yeah, we'll because be okay. it, we ha- we're on a run here. With well, if you want to do some. Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn! If you were going to say you want to play that, go right ahead. Nothing says opening a letter like uh, New, Frontier. New Frontier. Yeah, okay. uh, a newbie. Fast Jack's trivia wrote in. Hey, Fast Jack's trivia. Yeah, a question for us, and he starts off by obviously he doesn't know us because he says. Gentlemen. Well, <laughs> wait, wait, get to know us. Yeah. What would each of you say is the strangest musical decision made by an artist that you have seen? Oh. 
Glad you're doing the podcast. Thanks. Thank you, Fast Jack's Trivia. The strangest musical decision made by an artist that you've ever seen. I thought I can answer that one because I thought when it happened, when it happened, to me it was a total train wreck. Okay. Why in the hell is Linda Ronstadt with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra? Really? Yeah. Because here's this woman, poor, poor, pitiful me, you're no good, and then covering all these other songs she's rocking she's with the eagles she thanks the eagles she had different drum at the very beginning that's how she was discovered that was her first biggie Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden what's new what what the hell is i i thought that was a huge mistake for her but i was wrong (laughs) right i was wrong and i i will never forget talk about bowling balls in the trunk or boulders mr borscher um, <laughs> I'm working at Y103 and what's new was out and there was another big rock track that was out and it was huge and we weren't playing that one. I got a call one night. I was working part-time Saturday night. Right. And this girl calls up. She's just so nice. And she says, Hey, I would love it if you could play Van Halen jump. And I said, I would love playing it for you, but I can't. It's just not of our part of our format and before i could even get the format word out oh then can you play what's new by linda ronstadt <laughs> that's the great thing people don't <laughs> people don't have formats in their head of what no, they like no not at all they're thinking you can play anything yeah and we couldn't break away from that you right. know i mean we got to play the format <laughs> but i didn't even if if i had van halen jump in there i would have considered it Heck yeah. but we didn't even have it in the room so i guess the most craziest uh, thing was that was stupid uh, garth brooks Doing that stupid, stupider Chris Gaines thing. Chris Gaines, yeah, that was odd. All of a sudden, trying to become an alter ego. Yeah, that was odd. And the, a key word there is ego. Right. And um, yeah, that was that was a bad thing. And if you never heard about this, if you're too young to remember, yeah. Garth Brooks at the top of his game is selling a hundred million albums. He ended up doing. Uh, he went to this pop uh, artist named Chris Gaines with yeah. a bad wig and a soul patch. Yeah, it's, it was and, weird. And some pop music that he had written a script that evidently somebody somebody told me this that they somebody in Hollywood read that and they said that might be the worst script I've ever read. And Garth wrote it, and so the the movie never got made, but they still released the music. And it was just that was no, like late nineties, wasn't it? It was late nineties, yeah. And it was just uh, too bad that it was released because I think that was a big stain upon the Garth Brooks. We actually played. There was a there was a song, yeah. in the top forty world. I got to see if it even if it's even in this book of mine. Chris Gaines. This old book of mine. That's right. Oh, of course. See Garth Brooks. Oh, really? <laughs> Some alter ego just to go back to his real name. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Whitburn saying, Not "My butt." Yeah, Chris Gaines, my ass. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> he's oh, yeah. Garth Chris freaking Gaines Brooks. Su- he's supposed to be from Australia. So yeah, basically, what, it, what he did was the key was Keith Urban. That's what he was trying to do. Right, Lost, it, Lost in You is the single you're thinking of. Yes, yeah. that went to five. Can you believe that? Yeah, we played the dog piss out of it. We, I remember that. Yeah, we didn't play that. Well, we yeah for some reason we did. Oh yeah, because, because y'all were trying to jump on the Garth train. Y'all couldn't get arrested back in the well. well about by then though, pop music was kind of coming back. Yeah. yeah, it was coming back, but country was huge at yeah, that point. I but, mean, you guys were really yeah, relishing. The early nineties of the format, we were killing it. Yeah, and then in the late nineties, country had the it, biggest selling acts, big time. But he was being bought by people who weren't listening to country radio because country radio shares were starting to go down in the late 90s. Yeah. 
because everybody's listening to Garth on Pop and Lone Star and yeah. Faith Hill. Oh, yeah. Chicks. We were playing all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Dixie Chicks were selling crap loads of records, yeah. uh, but not necessarily country music fans, too. So it was an odd time. We played Landslide for a minute, too, uh, I think. Freak. They do a great job on that song. They do. Yeah. But yeah, it was a weird time, and plus we're sitting there trying to jam 50 Cent into everybody's throat <laughs> every hour of the day. I remember hearing that one morning drive. I remember hearing- Candy Shop. Yeah. I remember Candy hearing- Candy Shop. I remember hearing that one morning and thinking, okay, maybe I'm just too old. And I, I mean, I was close to 40, Well, but I just didn't want anything to do with it. Into Club was huge but then when you try candy shop all day long it's like oh come on i remember hearing that one morning this is sad this doesn't fit no it doesn't fit it's a square puzzle piece in a round uh Mm -hmm. hole so all right thank you jack's trivia yes guy was it jack's trivia guy fast jack's fast jack's trivia yep thank you um dig doug douglas had a question for us yes douglas as he writes questions for the pros well, oh, we're I'm, the closest we can find. <laughs> yeah. Anybody down the hall can, lack, can fit that? Lack right. of a better term. Yeah. Uh, when has the station format prevented you from playing a great song by a well-known artist that became a hit later? Ooh. Also, has the station format ever made you want to play a song and go, the hell with it? <laughs> and what was that song or artist? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great man. I think that's, of, that's a good one there. I, I think about formats. I mean, way too much. Just like you. Um, yeah. We think about we think about music, and you're hearing it, and you're like, and then uh, even being forty years plus years in, I still think of uh, formats. Yeah. Like you know what'd be good? A, a combo of this and that. Right. Like, you know, and all this. Right. So I, I'm always thinking of that kind of idiot. Well, stuff. I remember when you came up with this whole. Uh, it was like a country southern rock, country rock idea. Yeah, back in the late, and, uh, early early nineties. And there were some people that they thought it was you know the next best thing to sliced bread. Yeah. And then there were others that were like, "Are you kidding me? How all, the hell is that going to work?" You know, the crazy thing was, everybody in radio, they thought it would work. Thought it was horrible. Or no, they thought it was horrible. They thought it was horrible. Everybody listened, just only the listeners. The only people yeah. who liked it were the listeners. Wow. And I played it for listeners. I said, hey, man, I love your radio station, but I would listen to this one. And so it's funny. Interesting. Anyway, well, I always I, think of formats like that, but I'm trying to think of a song. Well, I can I can tell you, I, uh, I worked for a program director that did not understand the whole John Mayer, Dave Matthews thing. Okay. He was thinking, all right, Dave Matthews is already out. It's established. We, there are a couple of hits that we can play, but not a whole lot. And I'm, th- I'm like looking at him going, do you realize how many women enjoy Dave Matthews? And John, this other guy, this new guy that's coming up, John Mayer, that could be just as big. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it. He, he just didn't get it. And I worked for another guy who came in, and this was when, uh, late 80s, this was when... Adult contemporary was trying to figure out who should we play next. Yeah, because it was like, okay, I get simply red, but I don't get Paul Abdul. Really? How do you not get Paula Abdul? I mean, thank you. the The catchiest damn song of nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine. Straight up. Straight up. And he's asking me what it sounds like. I'm not sure. Really? You want me to play it for you? And what's this other song, too? I don't understand this, but I see it's huge on the pop chart. Uh, Love Shack? Are you kidding me? Really? You haven't heard this song? Who are the B-5-2s, anyway? (laughs) (laughs) And then I worked for a total moron when I was in Daytona. I won't say... You notice I'm not saying any names. Well, you're in hot rock and flamethrowing I-100. I was questioned about every song I put in the control room. Oh, yeah. Didn't he always call them gems? Hey, what's this gem? What's this stiff? (laughs) 
He would walk in my office. What's this stiff? Because they'd have the monitors in every room of the. Oh, it's called addicted the, to love. Yeah, yeah. No, dude. I'll, I'll honest to God tell you three songs off the top of my head right now. Okay. That he would say, "What is this?" Notorious by Duran Duran. Okay. He thought I should have pulled that off the air before I even set it in the studio. It went to number two. Nope, nope. Great song. Great song. Duran Duran was still huge then. Okay, it wasn't Hungry Like the Wolf. It wasn't New Moon on Monday. It wasn't Rio or any of the. But come on. It's freaking Duran Duran. Manic Monday by the Bengals. How do you miss that one? How do you miss that one? How do you miss that one? Okay, I'm going to hit you with another one. I'll give you Notorious because it's kind of a jaunty uh, production, kind of a jolting. I'm going to give you another one. Monday. I'm going to give you another one. This one's going to knock you off your socks. Hmm. Sledgehammer. How the hell do you not hear Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel? Might Are you just deaf? Biggest slam dunk of a hit. Thank in you. The 80s. Huge number one. Huge <laughs> video that went with it. It was, oh, a, dude, it was one of those great, like breaking videos. MTV the, was like, there's nothing else out there quite like this video. No, they were they were pulling their pants down, just going, ah, yeah. look at the great song and video we got. Yeah. Yeah. But those three songs, to get questioned on those songs. I'm looking at him going, you really are stupid, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I had to quit that job before I had an ulcer. That's funny. I don't, have a, I don't, I don't think I have a good answer to uh, Doug's question. No? I don't think so. I mean, I've never, because in country, we're pretty safe about things. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you want to you wanna think you can expand the boundary, but I learned very, very quickly yeah. that country music fans will tell you exactly what they like and what they don't like sure and it doesn't take long right to figure it out and right. uh, i remember doing that with uh, the mavericks uh who were, i thought was the coolest band ever in the you know early to mid 90s yeah and uh and, i remember them yeah i mean the guy's got a, what a great voice mm-hmm. and uh and so i was uh, i'm so oh, well, you're gonna like this and i put it in and we played it and then played it more and then the research came back and they said we don't like that song i said no no you like it wow no you like it and i kept yeah. playing it more and they went no no listen we don't like and it was just one song because their next couple of hits they liked yep but they will tell you exactly if you try to stretch the boundary a little too much uh-huh. they will come back and uh, and uh-huh. snap back and i think wow that's when you find out you're just a steward of this format that's it you have you, you're really not going yep. you put your taste in here you're going to find out that uh, you might draw back a nub uh, if, yeah. you, if you do because well they you, they they own they own your station you're just a steward you know damn good and well after all the years that we've been doing this too many people in corporate america rely on consultants <laughs> now i there are some consultants to this day i keep in touch with because mm-hmm. i appreciate them for what they do yep. and their their head and their brain and their gut a lot of it has to be gut if you don't hear it and you can rely on it with your gut, eight times out of ten it'll be a it'll be a great decision. Because if you're not if you're not going by your gut, yeah, you're gonna wait too late by the time all the real research right. comes back in on a song. Right. And if, if you go, Oh my gosh, it's a it's a hands down hit. Yes. Uh everybody else is already ten weeks into it and you yes. gotta you gotta play this for your audience yep. and, and then you're behind because normally you like warming your audience up to things that are to make yep. it familiar yep well by then it's already at number 10 and you better yep. get your butt on it and play it a lot then it's always unfamiliar yep so you screw up if you don't get on a song at the right time well but if you're relying on outside of mm-hmm. the market people to make the decisions for your town mm-hmm. 
Oh man, you're in trouble. I know it. You're I'm with trouble. you on that. I, I mean, I use a lot of all the tools. We we have a computer yep. uh, system that's iHeart friendly, or it's iHeart that does it, and it yeah. it, it, it it's a tool. The other thing yeah. is a chart, or it's you yeah. know you look at all different kinds of things, but that is all. They're all just tools. Yeah. And you still have to use your gut when of it comes time to making a pick. And Absolutely. I, that's the great thing. I mean, I know you've got a great track record of that, and I've had a pretty good one, too, when it yep. comes to going. Uh, that, I just don't hear – like the, we're, we're talking about Tim McGraw before we went on the air, or yeah. did we? Yo, yeah, it was before. Yeah. Um, and this new Tim McGraw song, I just I just don't hear it. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, it's a great song. Well, just because it's him doesn't mean it's a hit. Right. And we've learned that many we've times. We've learned that And many I love times. the fact Tim does what the hell he wants to. Well, Tim and yeah, does, he can. Hello. He can. He's, he's earned the fact that he can release yeah. whatever he wants. Exactly. But not necessarily, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. And it's a fine song. I just don't hear it as being, um, I just didn't hear it being the hands down hit everybody else did. Right. And right now it's a little struggling. I was like, but you know, that's the thing. Yep. I've missed a few. We all have. Yeah. We all have, but you know, it's, it's, it's that over-researched. There are times when you, you really are on the fence. Should I play this or shouldn't I play this? Right. Okay. Well, how bad is it going to hurt you if you try it? Correct. And you don't, uh, sometimes you don't, you don't have a problem if the songs you don't play. Right. Sometimes you can, you're better off like, well, you you're know, better off skipping it. You're better right. off skipping it than sure. thinking you're going to make people hit the button yep. and just go straight forward as yep. soon as it comes on. And we've had those. Yep. We've had those. Absolutely. Those. We've had those. Yeah, we have. All right. Thank you for your question. Thanks, I hope, Doug. I hope we answered that. Yep. Good. All right. Uh, I got one. Give me one. I've got one. All right. This is from Robert, not the Robert who always chimes in. This is a different Robert. Okay. Uh, your most embarrassing moment on air. Oh. I think you told this story earlier. Can I, I did. Is it the one where you were working at uh, Mighty 690? Yeah. Okay. Sunday morning in between religious shows. <laughs> Could I have picked a worse time to swear? <laughs> I was at the time you talk about you know really getting your your feet wet and trying to really get into the business as to where you want to be. I was working three radio stations seven days a week for eleven months. I did that. Right. Uh, two were country. One was um, urban. R and B. You know all the cameo and prints you could handle. Ow. Um, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we had one reel-to-reel player in the studio at the Mighty 690, the AM that used to be in Orange Park, which is now an assisted living facility. And in the studio, there was that one reel, but back then, all of the religious programming came to you on reel-to-reel tape. So I had to go into the production room. Now, I was just learning. In between this, I just learned another radio station and how the board worked and everything mm-hmm. and the formatics and all that. There's all and everyone's different. Everyone's no how different. How much you think it should all be the same? It's yes. all different. Everyone's different. So now I'm getting this thrown at me like the second week I'm there, and the program director, he was there trying to help me out, and he did. I appreciated him getting up early on a Sunday. I was pulling the six to noon shift. And we were in between a couple of shows. He goes, all right, we're going to have to run these out of the production room. I'll stay in the control room, and I'll run everything there. You need to uh, let that one show end. We're going to have a minute or two in between. So why don't you just, like, fill with a weather forecast or do something like that, and Mm -hmm. then we'll hit the other one. Okay, I I can do that. So the one show ends at 729, and we're about to go into the other one, and I start to do a weather forecast. Well, in the whole time I'm doing the weather forecast, I have my headphones on, and I'm doing it, but I can barely hear myself. The meter is barely moving on the board in the production room. Mm-hmm. 
So at that point, I'm like, yeah, partly cloudy today, slight chance of rain, high near 90, which was the typical forecast. It's Florida in the summertime. And then I paused for a second, and then I said, partly cloudy tonight, slight chance of rain, low in the 70s. Well, for some reason, at that point, I just froze. And I was sitting in a chair, and I rolled back just a little bit, and I just blurted out loud, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the next thing I hear is he's running down the hallway, slams the door open, hits a jingle, and hits the next program. Turn the microphone off, and there's dead silence between the two of us. Just dead silence. Oh, man. This lasts for about five minutes, and I'm thinking, okay, well, uh, it's been nice working here, and I guess I'll uh, go to the door. Well, finally, he says, okay, I got to say something. And I'm thinking, here we go. Yep. You're fired. He said, if you were wondering, shit did go on the air. He said, but I'm going to tell you this once. And I want you to remember this. Just don't ever do it again. And he kept me. And the air came back to your lungs. It did. And and I got to work out that shift and I worked a few more. And yeah. But that was (laughs) a moment I will never forget. And of course, the other moment was my night that I locked myself out of 95X. That'll do it. That'll do it too. Um, My most embarrassing moment on air was at AM 930. I mean, I'd been working maybe a month. Yep. And I had the worst cold ever. Oh, here's another thing. I was working at Telecheck. I okay. was I was a, a operator at Telecheck okay. back in the day. Yeah. While I was doing this, when I first yeah. got to get in radio, I was right, working right. at Telecheck. Sure. And I was an operator. And I was an operator in the middle of the night. I'd do like the midnight shift because I was going to school and okay. coaching and doing all this. Okay. Uh, and so uh, we would actually sleep, and then the bell would go off. We'd get like ten calls yeah. in the overnight, but they had to be open. And so, uh, right. we w- the bell would ring. We'd wake up and go, <clears throat> telecheck, you know. And they go, yeah, and they do the whole thing. Uh-huh. And it took ten seconds. Right. Well, then I'm a, I'm playing a song, uh, Alan Parsons' Project Time. Oh yeah, you know, which has like a minute and a half outro. Yep. And you just keep waiting for him to get right. done. Right. And and I had a bad bad cold that week, but I was not going to let get me off the air. I've been working a month. Right. And so I get there. And I'm, uh, I'm with the full of uh, cold medicine, mm. and I'm nodding off at the end of, oh boy, to the sea, to the sea, <laughs> and it keeps going, you know, and it's beautiful and it's ethereal, yeah. and it, it's you know. And what time of the day is this? Put you in a slumber. It's late night. It's probably eleven o'clock. Okay, night. all right. And uh, and so I I, f- I think I fall asleep while the song's in- ending. And no one else is in the building. No, nobody's there. And yeah. then it, it, it's I hear it fading, and I oh yeah. It's time for me to start talking. I turn the mic on and go, telecheck. <laughs> now, for a couple of weeks, I think, it was 1130 on a Saturday uh, night. Nobody heard this, right? Uh, right. And then, Until the boss finally comes to you. <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't the boss. It was even worse. It was a friend. And uh, like it was a week and a half later, oh. and we're all hanging out. At, at Telecheck was a place where anybody that was out drinking the night, you know, that night, they would come to the overnight and hang out. Yeah. Everybody that was, t- you know, Telecheck after hours, we right. would come hang out. Right. And so I was up there working, and then uh, and then one of my friends, Sandra, comes in, and everybody's just sitting around. We're just talking about everything. Sure. And then she goes, by the way, John, did I hear you say hey to Telecheck? <laughs> And I was like, well, I didn't necessarily say, hey, yeah, you know, so right. I got all red. I thought I was out. I thought I was out in the clear. Uh, but then Sandra heard me 10 days before. Well, you know, as well as I do, our damn friends throughout this whole radio venture, 
they don't compliment us for the 99 breaks that we do good it's out of 100. It's just like anybody, man. It's the one mistake that they remember hearing, and they will pound you with that for the rest of your life. Yes, as they should. They That's will. why they're friends. That's why, yeah. But should they be? <laughs> That's my question. That's what you're saying. That's my question. I get you. It's time oh. for Rapid Uh-oh. Fire. Uh-oh. Okay. Here what we go. Are, what are we doing? Where should I strap in for What's this? What's going to happen is I'm going to play you the the first uh, small moments of the top 10. Uh, top 10 this week in a certain year. I won't even tell you the year, but you'll know as soon as you know the first song. But I'm not going to give you this kind of uh, atmosphere of knowing what year it is. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to play you these first. I'm going to play you little hooks, and you just tell me. These, this either 10 of them, okay? All right. And we, we'll the, give you a few seconds. The, this is the top 10. In top 10, there's only like a second or two of each. All right. And some and the bigger they hit the the smaller the hook, okay? So in other words, the smaller the numbers, the bigger the hits. That's why we're counting them down. That's right. Here's number 10. Oh, take it away. Very perfect. Yeah. Paul McCartney. Uh, that's wasted on the way. Crosby Stills and Nash, number 8. Oh, that's uh Go Go's Vacation. Very good. Number 7. That's uh uh, keep the fire burning. <laughs> that was the one. I was <laughs> that was the one. How I watched it being recorded, and I, and didn't I know, know what, what year this is, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yet. you don't need to. Go yeah, ahead. you're going to get the rest of these. Okay. All right. Here we go. What, what number are we at? Whatever it is. Uh, six. Oh, uh, that's uh, oh, even the freaking nights are better. <laughs> you are correct. Oh my god. You even got the right air supply. Oh, song. I can't stand hot air supply. Oh, here we go. Hard to say. I'm sorry. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Number, Number four. four. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's Hold Me. You should know that one. Now. Yeah, no, of course. I, I played it forwards and backwards. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's uh, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Yeah. Number yeah. two. Uh, that's uh, Hurt So Good. Hurt So Good. And this one is, yeah. is the one. Uh-huh. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw that chart just the other day. It's Did 1982. You really? 1982. Yeah, well hurts, done. Hurt so good, couldn't get the number one because of damn Survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Survivor was there like seven weeks. Well done. Thank you. All right. Well Thank done. Whoo! I feel I feel relief. <laughs> I do. I Don't, feel relief. Normally, if I tell you, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I told you there might be one you might not know, and that was the REO. But you nailed Keep it. Keep the fire bro. burning. You nailed it. It you peaked it. at seven, I think. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Oh, we need to open up another. Uh, uh, yeah. Another uh, yeah. another freak mail? Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme. It's the another new frontier. <laughs> it's right. Don, here's your long distance dedication. <laughs> okay. Uh, cousin Leah. Hey. She starts off her email by saying, I hate this heat. <laughs> Thank you, Cousin Leah. Well, yeah, you know, we're all melting. What can you do? Yeah, we are. So she has a question for each of us. I'll ask you yours. Okay. All right. Who is your favorite recording artist or your favorite band? Beatles. Think before you answer. <laughs> <laughs> you have a favorite. Uh, well, that would be an artist or a band. Okay. Yeah, both. Yeah. Uh, the question to me, in all the years that you've been on the radio, what is your most memorable moment or fondest memory? Mm. That's, that's tough. I got, I have, I have, I have one and it involves I, a song. Well, it involves one of the interviews we played on, uh, one of our episodes that we call the radio interviews. Right. And it was one that never aired. The Olivia? The Olivia Newton-John yeah. uh, interview was, was wonderful talking to her and it was only five and a half to six minutes, but. Uh, you know, knowing now, 
Right. I mean, the show canceled. We never aired the interview. Now she's gone. Um, that was that was pretty. That was that was quite a moment for me. Yeah. Um, I still though, you know, you have a bucket list of things. I've met Huey Lewis. Right. I'd love to interview him. And maybe somehow, some way through this podcast, we might. Be, might uh, I would love to maybe arrange that. Reach out to Hugh. You know, Hugh, we'd love to have you on. What, what would be your fondest moment? My the the one. It, it's there are a couple. Now there are a couple of things that when it comes to like a great radio moment or things that happen because of radio. Yeah. Uh, having ESPN play my song that I wrote, the parody song I wrote oh, yeah. for Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, yeah. And we did Sweet Home of the Jaguars when yeah. we went to the championship. Yeah. ESPN plays it and part of their little montage of the championship game. How cool. I remember thinking, okay, that's Was that 98? Cool. That was 96. Okay. Into the 97, so it was early 97. Okay. Uh, and then ABC Radio called to want to hey can we play can we play your song how cool and indeed that was something and then uh when we did the blake bortles song me and the jaguar songs have a good uh, friendship yeah uh we yeah. did uh, it's all about that blake when all about that bass came uh-huh. out and uh an espn.com mike DeRocco, i didn't who i didn't know before that you don't uh, know yeah, yeah. He, he called and said hey can we interview you can we do a story on how this how cool man. and so we did one and then i guess getting a cma nomination was uh yeah pretty cool um, stuff, I actually, those are ones. I actually won a Billboard award. Oh, that's cool. In nineteen, oh geez, when was it? <laughs> something, something. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, back the eh, back in the day. Hey, back in the day, eh, you know. Eh. I um, had one with the Jaguars. I I had one the next year because that Sweet Home at the Jaguars thing. That was the most requested song we had that year. Yeah, and it was the one you know we did. So it was kind of weird, and when you know yeah. people are calling for your song, sure. And then um, so the next year, I thought. Okay, I'm going to do an original this time. Yeah. And I did one, and it might have been that I thought was really, really clever. And it had, it used, um, it used the names of the Jaguar players in the, in the song as if they were verbs or nouns. Okay. Like, uh, we got the ways and means, like Natron means. Natron means. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're hail and we're hearty. We got Kevin Hardy. Kevin Hart, yeah. Things like that. And I remember the first line was, Baby Don't Baselli. Ah. Baby Don't Baselli thinking last year was a joke. How about that? And the song was yeah. on, called On the Mark. Nice. And that we had it recorded. It wasn't like professional, professional recorded, but, but it was C- close. CC's brother was a professional musician. Yeah. Actually played in Mud Crutch with Tom Petty. Oh, wow. And then left the band. Yeah. But so he was a pro and he was playing the instruments. Okay. And, um, and then we had the song, which I thought was pretty good. I played it once. The next Saturday night, Jaguars preseason, Mark Burnell blows his knee out. Jeez. And the season's over, oh, and the geez. song never never was played again. Oh, I remember thinking, "Oh, missed it by that." By, yep, by by one knee, <laughs> one knee, one ACL, <laughs> and that was the thing. I got quoted one in Sports knee. Illustrated actually. Wow! Like two weeks later, there's a Sports Illustrated article that talks about. Uh, I remember coming on that Monday after he blew his knee out, saying, yeah. "I used to think the I used to think the worst three letters in the alphabet were IRS, and now I know they're MCL." <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. and so Sports Illustrated did quote. Wow. Me in there. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so this one happened. This is the most. Ha- it can't be any more happenstance than this. And you would know. And anybody that ever played a Chicago album on the radio would yeah. know. Yeah. That they don't have times on their albums. Right. You don't have any. There's no times. Or back in the day, there weren't any. Back in the day, right. And so 
I'm working at AM 930 again, working top 40, oh, and boy. we're playing some old stuff. Another situation. Well, we've got to hit 56. <laughs> That's ABC News Live. You, gotta get, yep, you have to time into the news or, a, or a, a whatever update right. from a network was a pain in the ass. <laughs> it was such a pain in the ass. You're sitting there having to backtrack and, yep. and time everything out, and everybody's going, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, well, trying to do math, but it's not working. <laughs> I didn't think there'd be math in radio. Right. I know. And so we start getting to 56, and I'm, uh, it's like about 51 or whatever it was. And okay. I thought, uh, okay, I'm going to play Dialogue Part 1 and 2 from Chicago. Awesome. I'm going to play it. I said, well, the great thing about it, if it runs out, you know, if it, I can fade <laughs> it out. I can fade it into ABC News, yeah, right? Right. And if it cuts short, I had a couple of PSA set up uh, in my, you know, here, make sure you're listening for Fleetwood Mac next, that yeah, kind of crap. Right. And exactly. then I... Um, and so I'm sitting there, and so I'm you're looking. trying to time it in with dialogue. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like looking at a needle on the record, literally. Yep. Going, how much time do you think I got? Uh-huh. Well, this might get close. This might get close. Yeah. Okay. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. And then here, it, it actually, ha- I'll, I'll be the ABC radio guy. Okay. okay here go. We, here's the end of Chicago. Yeah. yeah we have- and you know this song ends dead cold. Oh yeah. I mean, here's the here's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. We can make it happen. That's how the song ends. That's right? how it ends right That's there in Hap. Ends. Yeah. So here we are. Let's go back to 1983. President Reagan today said that the communists are going down. <laughs> it couldn't have. I couldn't have spliced it tighter. Wow. I couldn't. You have nailed have it with that Hap. Tighter. Wow. And I stood there beaming, and I got a hotline call. Nobody else would have given a rat's or cared or even known how amazingly yeah. happenstance that was and wow. how lucky. And uh, I got Terry Brower, who was the guy who helped me get my job at JAX, yep. called me and goes, you are the luckiest son of a bitch. <laughs> he, no he goes, doubt, dude. I know you know you couldn't have back timed no. that because that's on an album that you yeah. don't know how long it is. Yeah. So John, that's John's one of those the back timing master. I didn't even the know it. Back timing master. Woo! I didn't aim to, but I got wow. it. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy, man. That is nuts. Crazy stuff. Okay, uh, Gary. I got one from Gary. Okay. Hey, Gary. Gary asks you, he goes, uh, he, he, from what he assesses that we're Beatles fans, Yeah. only one Beatles album can be listened by you again. Which one would it be? Revolver. I have either, I, I, I couldn't trim it yet. I had Abbey Road or Revolver. I, Mine's the or, same way. Or the White Album. Yeah. Oof. But I would probably go with Revolver. Yeah, but I have to listen to uh, Revolver is just so strong. It is. And the British one that has all those songs that some of them made it onto Yesterday and Today in America. Yep. Yep. I love the British, like the original CD of it yeah. that had the British uh, release. So I think I'd go with I think I'd go with Revolver too, actually. Yeah. Okay. Very it's good. It's just so good. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Yeah. Um Johnny Scott. Oh, Johnny Scott. Johnny Our Scott. Our friend Johnny Scott. Yep. What music era is your favorite and why? I, I would have to say the 80s. I mean, I, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I, w- I'm, I would say you say the 80s, too. I'm so knee-deep in the 80s yeah. still to this day. I mean, Tony yeah. Man Radio on the weekends is all 80s. Um, I, growing up, I probably would have said the 70s, but then there's so much <laughs> Because sappy, the 80s hadn't happened yet. <laughs> there's so much sappy shit in the 70s. It's like I, you go back and you listen to it, and it's like, oh, my God, that's not the best decade. No, it's not. Mm. But I think I, I think I think I would probably go with the 80s just because of the whole new wave influence. It wasn't disco. But then and you know the, you also have in that decade Joey Scarberry. All right, I'm ignoring that, or at least I was until you your dumbass brought it up. Thank you. I can't go an actual decade. I'm going to stretch it from 60 
eight to seventy three. Okay. See, and what I don't like about the, I will say, I didn't like the early. Since you brought up Joey freaking Scarborough, the, the pre MTV stuff, the nineteen eighty, uh, that year wasn't too great because it was a, you know, after disco died, it went very, very AC pop, very ballad. It was driven, a major very backlash. Wimpy. It was a major backlash. Very wimpy, and then the late eighties got sucky because you started getting a, a ton of rap, and you started getting these other artists that were just not producing. Just vapid. It was vapid music. Quality, but stuff. the stuff in between. I'm with you on eighty from 80, yeah. 83 to eighty eight. That was a strong. That oh my god, strong run. I mean, you're yeah. I, I a would strong say run. I I'd, would still take my sixty eight to seventy three. I would say eighty two to eighty seven. Really, okay. I think that's a little bit more because uh, eighty eight was. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to mention the songs. I don't. No, he does. <laughs> I don't want to go it's, there uh, because it might be part of our next episode. That's actually. true. It's the production p- parts of the '80s that get me. Yeah, that I don't. Uh, to me, they don't wear well just right. because I, I think it all sounds fake. Um, but that, I love sixty-eight to seventy-three would be mine. That, thank that, you. That, thank that's you, pretty thank good. You. That's a that's R&B a good question there, country. Johnny. It's a great question, Johnny Scott. Yep. 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 Uh, little Jen went crazy. Okay, little Jen. <laughs> She she initially told me she had six questions for us, and then it turned into seven. Holy cow! Q Prince, sorry. I'll, I'll give. Uh, um, but yeah, I'll give short answers. Uh, well, the Beatles. That 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 that's appropriate with little Jen. The so Kinks. that's okay. Because oh man, I can say that because she's shorter than me. I didn't think I'd ever find someone shorter than me. That's why y'all friends. But that's why we're friends. That's funny. We kind of see eye to eye. <laughs> All right, here's number one. Now that you've had time to think, huh? do you still think Men at Work is the greatest artist from Australia? <laughs> <laughs> because Little Jen is a huge NXS fan. <laughs> and I'm laughing so hard because I have not looked at these questions until now. That's f- Oh, that's hysterical. That's so funny. Uh, just to piss her off, Men at Work still the best. Oh, my God. I, 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 you know what, though? You're I, doing just a mess with her now. It, I am. In excess is great, Jen. Calm down. Uh, favorite music documentary? <laughs> oh. that that That's a toughie. Uh, music documentary. I will go with, because I've watched it. Dang, it's a tie. With uh, Muscle Shoals. Oh, there's the ones I sent you yes, those things. Yes, me, and I haven't watched them yet. Oh, well, you got to. Muscle Shoals and yeah. The Wrecking Crew are my are my two favorites. Okay. Yeah, I think so. What, what one the ones you've seen? What do you think? Oh, jeez. I don't, I've seen some bad ones. Yeah, I, I, I discount oh, those pretty quickly, but yeah. and I love the good ones are great. Um, there's another one on Armit, uh, not Armit uh, Erdogan, the other guy, the guy who was the producer of Hall and Oates and the Bee Gees, yeah, and actually encouraged Barry Gibb to sing falsetto. Uh, gosh, what's that guy's name? Go ahead and go ahead and think of something, and I'll get that name. Okay, uh, I off the top of my head right now, favorite music documentary. God, that would be that would be a little different. I mean, it, I guess do you include behind the music in those? I guess so. It's a, I mean, that's a document. Arith Martin is the guy's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His son did a really good document. It's a homemade kind of thing, but yeah. he got a lot of people. When he goes, hi, I'm Arith Martin's son, and yeah. uh, can I talk to you about my dad? And Aretha Franklin shows up to go, yes, I'll be glad oh, to talk wow. to you about you know. So anyway, that that's a good documentary, too. But I love um, Muscle Shoals and The Wrecking Crew. Okay. I remember seeing something. Ooh, sorry. Whoa. Damn. I remember seeing something about Tina Turner that really caught my eye and i just was like wow okay um that 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 comes to mind as being one of the ones that really kind of stuck with me well thanks for your one question little jen we appreciate no she's got more she has more are you saying we have more 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 from yeah yeah, little jen (laughs) opening again yeah and we're gonna have a wing ding
<laughs> best concert that you went to with low expectations, and it turned out to be one of the best concerts you ever went to. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that I've ever been so hyped about a show, and then left. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've. I've. I've pretty much gone into every one. I think just expecting. I don't know something decent or maybe right. I've been let down by a show majorly. I'll tell you that in a sec. Oh, um, I'm always let down now by Boss Gags. Why? He doesn't do breakdown dead ahead. Well, it's freaking range, dude. He can't do whatever anything. it is. Figure out a different key. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry, bro. No, I'm not. No. I mean, he does a lot of them. I couldn't believe he did the ones he did, like, love, look what you've done for me. Right. Because it right. never thought I'd. And he's right. up there to that phone. And he hit it. So easy. Yeah. But Breakdown Dead Ahead's got another, like another four and five notes. But oh, maybe he didn't. Maybe he yeah. didn't feel comfortable doing. Okay. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Let's see. Um, no, I can't think of one that was better. No, I'll tell you, the first country concert, uh, big country concert I went to, I was thinking, and I was, I was just getting into country music, yeah. and I was like, gosh, I'm going to sit through three, and no, they were all really good, yeah. and it was it was much better than I thought, because the musicianship was amazing, and I was not giving any credit to country musicians at the time. So okay. 1989, I went to a show with Clint Black, okay. and I liked the one Clint Black song, but I didn't know how I was going to love every song of his. And it was really good. I think maybe you mentioned 89. That kind of hits a, a nerve with me. I, I guess maybe when I went to the Rolling Stones show at the old Gator Bowl. Yeah, the Steel Wheels. Uh, yeah. yeah, Steel Wheels. I wasn't expecting a lot, but I was more impressed with Keith Richards than I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. I, I truly was. They tend to do that. They tend to impress people who maybe just went to go along with somebody. Yep. And you're like, and I know, they're, I'm not going to expect much. They're uh, ancient. Yeah. But they keep doing it, and they're still ancient. Yep. The most soulless concert I've ever been to. The audience is the reason, and the band portraying the lack of soul was Chicago. Really? 1986. Bad, huh? Cetera's still in the band. Yeah, well, they were getting but wimpy they then, were all They were wearing all white. Yeah, they are getting wimpy then. And, and the audience might as well have been wearing all white. I, I've never felt less soul in my life than the Chicago concert. And I couldn't, and I couldn't have been more excited to go see him because Chicago is one of my favorite bands on record. Yeah, and then probably early seventies with Terry Kath would have been probably one of my favorite concerts. Yeah, but good golly, uh. missed the mark. You know, in my, in my point of view, coming in, you know, probably was changed it. Yep. All right. Biggest disappointment in a concert you went to? There you go, Chicago. Chicago. Thank you. Um, I was pretty disappointed in the mid eighties with uh, the Peter Frampton Stevie Nicks show. Really? Well, Frampton opened for her and didn't do any hits. He had a new album out, and that's all he wanted to play. Man, but, that, bum, that bums me out when and, they do that. And the crowd just booed his ass right off the stage. And then Stevie Nicks gets out there, and she's not doing a ton of hits either, but Lord knows she's doing about six or seven costume changes. <laughs> and then she comes out and does an encore and brings Frampton out to play guitar. And it's like, oh, my God, you're just adding more to this wound, aren't you? Wow. And it was okay. Yeah, you know, there was a time there where uh, but, artists, yeah. artists were not going to be true artists if they had to come out and wheel their hits. Right. I saw Todd Rundgren in 1991 or something. Yep. And, and the only reason Jill went was she loves Hello, It's Me. I mean, she knows I'm a huge Todd fan. Yep. She loves Hello, It's Me. And she's like, oh, good. That'd be great. I mean, she loves that song. Yeah. And has always loved it. And your favorite has got to get you a woman. Is I that love the, that song. Yeah, of course think, you do. That's the reason I got radio, too. <laughs> We've got to get you got a woman. We've got to get you a woman. By Todd Rundgren. Rundgren. I heard that guy. And I thought, I can get a radio. Yeah, of course. Um, but anyway, we go. And then 
Todd's playing some blues shuffle and goes, here we are in St. Petersburg, birthplace of the blues. And he starts singing, hello, it's me, like a shuffle. Hello. It's almost like mocking the song that people came to see him sing because he was there not going to just trot out the greatest hits. I'm an artist. A lot of them did that in the time, and we were so upset. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never saw, I mean, Todd would come again, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Hello, musicians. People want to hear the hits that we're, you have. We're good that you got a new album, and, and, yeah. and you want to play three or four cuts. That's more, fine. More power to you. But we don't get it. screw up the other ones. Right. Stones, or, or ignore them. The Stones never no. do that. Exactly. Yeah, they'll no, play right. a couple of cuts, but they're going, yeah. they are going to play either Satisfaction or, yep. you know. And they're going to nail Gimme Shelter. And, oh, yes. Yeah, they I better. Know. I know. Uh, nicest musician you met and the meanest one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God. I just thought of another embarrassing interview. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll tell you that in a minute. All right. Um, Nicest musician and the meanest one. I think just about everybody in country radio. Anybody, everybody in country music nice is or the, the ni- mean ones. The nicest. <laughs> They're nicest. I was going to say. There's no, I mean, no question. And I say that because I think most of them understand their place. They understand what it took to get there. Yeah. And yeah. everybody, even the overnight sensations, for the most part, are on the 10-year plan. Yeah. Even Taylor Swift at 15 had been going to Nashville for years. Right. Uh, learning the songwriting business. And most guys, Dirk Bentley, I met him. Yeah. Uh, he was 28, making it big. I said, so how long have you been in Nashville? Oh, I'm always on the 10-year plan, man. I got here on my 18th birthday. Uh-huh. Uh, they all understand what it took to get there, and they're right. so thankful. Right. And I, I've seen them work backstage, and I've seen them where they weren't trying to impress the you know radio geeks. Mm-hmm. And they are, every one of them, I, I haven't met one who's who was a jerk. I just haven't. Um, Tina Turner was unbelievably nice and just very short and sweet backstage with everybody hi how are you hi how are you but at least she did that she did that and it was just so nice she shook everybody's hand and it was nice she took as many photos as people wanted and john mayer has always been a stellar guy backstage met him three four times which was great who maybe wasn't alex van halen yeah alex van halen was a dick um but um and uh, I can tell you who was the nicest one to my wife. That was Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Right. Uh, I got shunned on that handshake. <laughs> Richie. I'd shun, I'd shun you too. Rich, oh, whatever. Richie T was <laughs> introducing me to him. Here's the music director at WAPE. But I'm his wife. And there goes the handshake. And he's hanging out with her. And, he and, went, yeah, 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 yeah. and, and in the group picture, she's close to him. And I'm not. Yeah, was, she cropped you out of that picture, uh, dude. Didn't she? No, no, nobody got cropped. I was on the other end. No, she cropped you now. No, now that she's digitized it. No, she cropped you. Stop. Here I am with Steven Tyler. Stop. Night on the town. You're... <laughs> All right, the hardest guy to work with in radio is probably John Scott. Ah, um, hey, hey everybody, hey, everybody, enjoy the veal. He's here all week. I'm here all week. Okay, my most embarrassing interview. Yeah. Okay. Merle Haggard? You were there. No, Merle Haggard. That's funny as hell. All right, let's get this over with. (laughs) That that story still cracks me up. The backstage with uh, Merle Haggard, and I'm uh, meeting him, and I I normally, when I meet these artists, I just go, hey, thanks. And if I've I've known their songs, I'll go, hey, thanks for the music, man. Appreciate it. Uh, And they go, hey, man, hey, glad to do it for you. You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I had to tell Merle Haggard about being a songwriter, and I said, I'm a songwriter, and I I just always wish I could write a song like Merle Haggard. And so it's the one time I said that to somebody. And uh, so I tell Merle Haggard that, and he's looking at me and trying to, you know, wait for me to finish a sentence. And he goes, all right, let's get this over with. (laughs) 
the hag. I oh, wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have expected anything that else. That Oki from Muskogee. That's me. Uh, uh, other embarrassing. This is embarrassing. On-air interview. It happened at 95X. You were, I don't know if you were even there yet. It was early in the morning when I was doing the mornings. You were doing afternoons. Yep. And somebody came in. I don't know who it was. Would you, you with Gene Chandler? Was it? The Duke of, the guy that did Duke, Duke of, of Earl. Earl. Oh, yeah. He had a new record. He sure did. And nobody knew what the hell it was. Right. And he just kind of showed up. He did. Earl, uh, uh, Gene Chandler is the guy who sang Duke, <laughs> Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl. In the 60s. 25 years before that. Yeah. And so. Or 50s, whenever it was. Yeah. I think it was around 60. Yeah. And so he gets there. And, and you popped your head in or something. Hey, but you want to talk to Gene Chandler, interview Gene Chandler. <laughs> I'm like, well, sure. Duke of freaking Earl in a heartbeat, bro. So here we are. On a, a, a cutting edge hip hop oh, yeah. and pop station, right. interviewing a guy whose last hit was I thought twenty five years ago, right? And nobody freaking knows, no, you know, that's listening to the station knows Gene Chandler, sixty two, sixty two. So I, uh, anyway, I didn't know much about Gene Chandler. I had no time to do any homework. None. No, it was completely thrown and in. And we your didn't lap. really have any. It's not internet. It's nineteen eighty-five. No, we didn't have that instant in, uh, information. Yeah. No so, Wikipedia. And so Gene Chandler comes in, the nicest man. He was so so nice. Yeah. And he had a new album in his hand, and I'd queued it up to one song or something because we could do that. <laughs> yeah. And so I sat it down. I said, okay, here we go. We're doing it live, of course. And uh, so I go. So <laughs> I basically, ma- I mean, this is one of my first live interviews I yeah, ever did, right? And I sucked at it so bad. <laughs> I asked him, I said, so, uh, I said, Duke of Earl, it's, it's the Duke of Earl, Gene Chandler, you know, hey, okay, yeah. yeah, great. So, Gene, what have you been doing since Duke of Earl? <laughs> Could that have been the worst question you oh, ask of any artist? So wide open. It was like, defend and, your and the career. Worst, the worst look he, anybody could ever give you. Dear, dear, uh, oh. dear Gene Chandler, uh, explain and defend your yeah. 25 years of existence. In how, is, how is that job at UPS going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. Wh- what do you do? That was horrible. He goes, oh. he goes, well, I had, he was so cool about it and smoothed it <laughs> and said, oh, I had a few hits after Duke of Earl. We oh had this, God. we had that 1969. I had groovy situation. He did. That and, was the uh, only other hit he had that hit yeah. the top 20. Gonna make a mind if it takes all night. And I didn't even remember that song. I didn't know it was called Groovy Situation. I thought it was Takes All Night or something. Right, of course. I didn't remember it. I'm like, oh, so I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, that wasn't much. So I basically asked him my follow-up question was, so how do you feed yourself? Uh, Was basically my question. Right. I was like, so so do you still do you perform? Do you have opportunities to perform? Oh man, I perform. I I perform. You know, 200 nights a year still. I get to play. I play a lot of county fairs. I play a lot of uh, shows, and it's just uh, and places that you've never been, John. (laughs) when i got done i i I mean i actually i think i apologized to him he's oh no it's all good it's all good yeah and it's early in the morning that could have been the excuse too yeah that's i haven't had my coffee yet yeah yeah oh my gosh but i felt if i ever got a chance to meet mr chandler i would say you were my first interview and you were my worst interview so i'm so sorry about that wow okay sorry that's okay here we go song that you love a song that you love that would surprise the listeners no, nothing would surprise me from John Scott. John's all over the road like bowling balls in a trunk. Right. I mean, it depends on what day of the week it is, if the wind's blowing out of the east-northeast. I think I blew you away when we were doing soundtrack songs. Yeah. And that's still the one that I think shocks a lot of people, that uh, Lose Yourself Eminem. is one of my yeah. favorite songs, period. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How about you? God. Uh, nothing from NXS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kidding, Jen. Kidding. 
She's no, because she expects you to like every one of their songs. Well, of course. I even liked Elegantly Wasted, and that was a stiff. Um, that was late Well, I don't remember 90s. that one. It was late 90s. Uh, song that I love that would surprise the listeners. Maybe just to satisfy you by Waylon and Willie. We talked about that on one of the other podcasts. Yep. Yep. You threw me away with the... Um, uh, I threw you away. Somebody's going... You yeah, that, just to satisfy so, just you. To, I was trying to think of the song. Yeah. yeah, somebody's gonna get hurt yeah. before you're through. Yeah, in '82. Or, there you go. I like yeah. that. One. That's a good answer. That was a good one. Good answer. Out of all the gens you've worked with, who was your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> That's her last question. Well, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I know. There I was, was trying Jenny. to. I was trying to think of a few too. Jennifer. I, I worked with a Jenny. I worked with I worked a with little Jen. Jen. I worked, I worked, I worked with, with a Jenny and a Jennifer. Yeah. And uh, I knew another Jenny. I worked with a Jennifer with a G. For a short period of time. Oh, okay. Um, gee, it's a that's a tough call. It is. I isn't don't. It? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Little Jen, you're our favorite. You know that. Yeah. Even though she is a putz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's hot in here. I don't go. I don't know what's going on, but it is hot. It, it really? It yes. I was thinking the air just kicked in. Actually, but it's time okay. for rapid fire. We'll step back outside, and you'll be wanting that air. All right. Okay. Who sang these songs? Okay. Come on. Creek Alley. Mama's and the Papas. Oh, my, my. Ringo. I'm going to get you good. Mm, man, I should know that one. I should know that one. That's funny. Skip. The Difference. Difference? Oh, and the difference is you. I don't know that. I don't know who sang that. Uneasy Rider. Charlie Daniels. Sacred Emotion. Secret Emotion? Sacred. Sacred Emotion. Yes. No clue. Up. Oh, Secret Emotion. Like, I would know the answer to that one. <laughs> Don't know that one. Get off. Foxy. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. I knew Foxy. All right, well, you got me there. That's not the one I'm thinking of, but okay. Oh, Prince did one, too. Yes, he did. Yeah, there you go. Foxy had the had They did. Game. Yeah, okay. Sweet Emotion. Aerosmith? Yeah. Okay. You be Ellen. <laughs> At number 35, here's Run DMC, and you be Ellen. Uh, okay, now let me think without pressure. Okay. Give me the titles again. Oh, jeez. What? Sacred Emotion. I don't know. Who was that? Donny Osmond. That was when Oh, he, that was the one where they he were, he was a mystery, that they played him without, yeah. uh, guess who this is. He came back in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have told you the name of that I song. know. The Difference. <laughs> Evidently, I didn't tell you. Uh, I, I know that. Uh, it's, a one le- it's a one funky name. It's a one word funky name yeah. for the band. It's a one na- one yeah. One word and it's a the, funky name. The. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Wallflowers. Oh no, I wasn't thinking of that. What do you What do you think? I was of? thinking. Oh, that's the reason. That's Hoobastank. That's the reason by Hoobastank. <laughs> uh, yes, it, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, Hoobastank. I got the wrong Hoobastank, not Hoobastank. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm gonna get you good. This that cracks is Shania me. Twain. Thank right? you. I was gonna absolutely say that's the one that cracks me up. If you couldn't get it, yeah, I don't. I don't think we played that one. Oh, that if was we did, I, funny. I wish. I'm glad we didn't play it. Funny. I stand that song. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's hilarious. There we go. And I think I may have told you my Creek Alley story. What's the Creek Alley story? I still have the 45 on Dunhill Records that has a hiss all the way through it. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. It's we like somebody recorded that. it. They recorded the 45. They it fell out of the recorder onto a sand lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and the sand became embedded in the grooves, and it's always there. So there, when you put the song on, all the way through the song. That's too funny. Yep. Creek Alley. That is great. I will always remember that. Oh.
Are we are we done with our emails? Uh, yeah, thank did, you, everybody. Did we get team, through our 45 emails from Jen? Yeah, we, we, we took care of her. Okay. Yeah, tmanandjohn at gmail.com. Keep that email handy. We'll tell you here in just a couple of minutes what our next episode is going to revolve around. I, I, I truly believe you're going to come up with some great I, – I, I have the feeling we're going to come up with some great songs. Okay. Great, great horrible songs. I oh, oh, we're going one, to one horrible. Of, one of those. One of those. One of those. Well, you know what it's time for. Uh-huh. I know. Uh-huh. What is she hearing now? It's Kim's misheard lyric. Uh-huh. And she's uh, really going to like be on your side with this one, Johnny, because it's country. I like it. She's gone country. Well, it's about time. Well, look at them boots. She's been listening to prime country on the satellite, which okay. is all the old eighties and nineties, because back then that's what she was listening to right. country. Yeah. So she's just loving the memories and you know, all the Alan Jackson, George Strait songs mm-hmm. that are out there. Good ones. Good ones. And, uh, this one Good cracker from a guy, you know, and love. Yep. Mr. Tim McGraw. My bud, Tim. You going to hit that uh, chorus yeah, over there? Go. Let me see if this is it. I'm going to live where the green grass grows. That's it. What? That's all you needed? No. Oh. Keep going. Every night be tucked in close to you. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Raise our kids where the good Lord's blessed. There you go. Point our rocking chairs towards the west. That was it. That's the line right there. Point our, Point our rocking, rocking chairs, chairs towards the west. Point our rocking chairs towards the west. To you want to play it again and I'll give yeah. you a hurt line? Yeah. yeah. All right. Raise our kids where the good Lord's best. Point our rocking chairs torn to shreds. <laughs> Point our rocking chairs towards the west. <laughs> I'm thinking these people need some new chairs. <laughs> they done they done sattered them too long. Too long, Tim McGraw. Come on, man. Come on for some of your money, Daddy. You, Daddy, you've had too many biscuits. You're That's starting a, to tear up the tear chair them, to shreds. Tear them chairs to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Another of Kim's misheard lyrics. Thank you, Kim. Oh, lordy. <laughs> hey, next episode, I believe we're going to have an audience of one with us. Okay, I do. We want to know. Your top five songs that made you punch out every time. In other words, you're listening to the song, the first two notes come on, and you know what it is and can't stand it, and you're like hemorrhaging to get to the radio. Is it ones you're tired of or never liked ever? Never liked ever. Not not ones you're tired of? No. Well, that too, I guess, could fall in that category. Maybe some could fall in that category, like... Say if I were to say Hotel California. Yeah, okay. okay. But I wouldn't consider that one to punch out on. Okay. But that's just me. Right. Tmanandjohn at gmail.com. Give us your top five. I have the feeling we're going to get some interesting choices mm-hmm. next episode. Boy, that's going to be a cringe. That's going to be a cringe fest, it, perhaps. It, it could be. Or it could be songs that I love and people are just, you know, I was going to say probably like. my top ten, which I would loathe, you would absolutely <laughs> it, it'll love. Be par- it'll be a different universe. John will sit there and go, oh, yeah, what a great song. That was a hit. And I'll say, what a piece of shit that was. Exactly. Yeah, that would you be. Can, you can yeah. count on that. Just wait for the sparks to fly, kids, <laughs> because that's how we do. <laughs> we're Episode forty-three. That's what's on the on the uh, the docket. That is exactly what's on the docket. That's it. I think we should finish this uh, in prime style and take me back to my nineteen eighty-three, one of my early days in okay. radio. Okay. Yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen.